Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hi, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Today, we are talking about a very interesting topic with Dr. Frida Bernbaum. She is a research psychologist and psychotherapist in Saddle River, New Jersey. She is the award-winning author of Life Begins at 60, A New View of Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves, and What Price Power, an in-depth study of the professional women in a relationship. She is an expert on topics such as family dynamics, parenthood, relationships, addiction, anxiety, and depression, and shares her expertise across the country as a seasoned media personality and commentator. Notably, Dr. Frida is the oldest woman in America to give birth to twins. She is the mother of five. Her youngest sons were born when she was 60, lending her a unique perspective on issues related to parenting and the empowerment of women at any age. So welcome to the show, Dr. Birnbaum. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you. I, I know that you have a lot going on. You've got your podcast, you've got your books. T- tell us a little bit about you and what's going on with your life right now. Busy. I'm uh, <laughs> really, I mean, I had to interrupt you before because I remembered. Yeah. Because, you know, it's the family, it's this, I'm having a play written about my history, which I'm excited about. Absolutely. And uh, Holocaust survivors, my parents. Wow. And uh, yeah, so about that. And uh, also, what else am I doing? I'm uh, doing uh, speak. I'm uh, public speaking. I'm um, writing another book. Uh, and uh Tell us a little I'm, bit I'm about here your... with you. That's what oh, I'm doing. Oh, well, that I'm excited about. What <laughs> What is your uh, podcast called? If somebody wanted to listen to you, where could they go? It's called The Doctor, uh, D-O-C-T-O-R, Frida, F-R-I-E-D-A, show, S-H-O-W. Okay. And where can they listen? Is it anywhere we get our podcast? I think anywhere, Spotify, all of them. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. So make sure you check out The Dr. Frida Show. Thank you interested in listening to uh, something unique and different. Um, so tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what, why is it necessary for us to redefine age? So that's our topic today, redefining age to fit new social norms. Why, why is that important? Because I have always been an advocate for women. And as a woman, I found that age played a significant factor on how you were seen and treated. And as you said, I had children when I was older and I was on a show with Rod uh, Stewart, I think his name is, yes. And he had a child at the age of 60 and no one even mentioned it. And then I had an, yeah, then I had an opportunity to be on the Oprah show, but Donald, you know, that was one of her last shows in May. He decided not to go on. Then he decided to go on. So I couldn't get, so I was kicked off that segment (laughs) <laughs> and um, he gets on with a little boy 
little baby on his lap that he had around my age also, but nobody said anything about that. So wow. and, the, and the only reason I was going on that show is because I had that sh- those twins. So, um, yeah, so I looked at this and it age and, uh, you know, women's revolution and now the Me Too movement for women is a factor. Um, I think maybe that's our last frontier also about how women are being looked at today. So I really have never been an advocate about aging. It was always about women. But when I saw that, when they called me the old woman, um, I said, you know what? (laughs) Thanks a lot. I didn't know that, but okay. (laughs) You didn't know you were old because you just had I didn't know. (laughs) I was old till I was told I was old. So there I go. And I said, oh my God, you know, this is how society looks at people my age and it's old and I don't feel it. Um, so I decided to rebel against it. And I ended up in Newsweek saying that ageism needs to be redefined. Um, and just talking about uh, what it means to be older and how exciting it was for me when I turned 60. And um, what I had to look forward to was something beyond anything that I expected because what I expected was uh, falling apart and uh, not being so alert. None of that has happened. Uh, of course, till I'm finished talking to you, then I'll fall apart. And <laughs> I'll, uh, everything oh. will go after that. No, but, it uh, won't. You'll be fine. <laughs> you know, God's going to say, oh, I forgot about her. Wait a minute. So, um, and then, uh, so that's why I said, you know, we have to talk about redefining age because we're not living older, we're living younger and having children maybe in our 50s, all the way up to our 50s now, as I'm speaking, when I would, uh, 15 years ago, maybe it was into our late 40s. Now it's continuing, expanding. Um, so the definition of age and productivity and activity doesn't seem to go hand in hand anymore because right. we're all sort of doing the same kind of thing. Well, you know, I've actually noticed the trend when I was younger. Um, I noticed on TV, you saw a lot of very young uh, people. Well, as those actresses aged, they're still on TV. They're just playing different roles, but they're not, you know, they're not sitting in a rocking chair playing, you know, knitting, playing grandma. They're, you know, doing younger version of themselves or, or whatever they're doing. It's not, the typical, you know, 60-year-old or 50-year-old. In the past, no, they're going on dates, they're living their lives, they're adventuresome, they're having careers. So it's a whole different persona of what an older person is today. Uh, I think the the word old sort of takes you into a different place. But I think older means that you're just older than you were before. Old means that you're falling apart uh, and you're not falling apart uh, and these people you're talking about are more confident uh, than uh, and comfortable with themselves. If anything, uh, it seems to have gone in a different direction. Well, I, I think diet and exercise plays a really big role. I mean, I think people have taken better care of themselves because they have the resources to do so. We have better food, better medical care, better diets. Um, everything just seems to 
fit into our lives so that we can take better care of ourselves. Therefore, we can have a, a life that's, you know, full and complete longer. You know, I, I see people in their 60s. It, I would not, I mean, I look at you, you don't look like you've passed 60. Thank you. I love you for this. And yeah, I mean, if I saw you on the street, I would would never have thought you were in your sixties, but thank you. You know, I think I'm not, I'm in my seventies. Well, okay. You look very good for your age. Very good. See, The older Uh, I say I am, the better I look. That's the, that's Well, I think that's true. I think it makes you feel, you feel youthful. So you, you know, you extend that, that feeling out to others and yeah. If I saw you on the street, I would say you were in your probably early forties. Oh no, you wouldn't. I would. You oh my god, you genuinely with all with this and with this. I mean, I have all yes. this stuff that I could look, really Botox, but I haven't yeah, done that. No, you look fantastic. Wow, that's I, so sweet. I was quite stunned at how well you've taken care of yourself, and and I think that goes to say that you know, as a society, we are all taking better care of ourselves. Women just look younger. They, they feel younger. They're more into, you know, better diets, better self-care. I think one thing that's very important and thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, what's really very important is the life that you live. Uh, that that's what really represents you. Um, and, uh, I use my resources and my energy to, um, have significance and to keep going. That's really what keeps me uh, alert and excited uh, and having all these possibilities. And I'm finding out that I can make those possibilities happen. So that's the, that's the drive in me. I mean, we have a lot of women who look fantastic uh, as they get older, but it's really more than that superficial part of life. It's really more about, um, how you present yourself with where you are in your life that really is makes a difference. I mean, you could sit upstairs or in your bedroom and have all, all this stuff done for you. And are you really living your life? And that's the message really about women and getting older and where we need to go. Absolutely. What is redefining age look like for you? Like when you, you know, decided, um, to have your twins and you know you're thinking ahead what did what did that look like for you how did you redefine your age because most people don't have babies at 60 well i'm still the oldest one so obviously nobody does so (laughs) (laughs) for sure but and this is 15 years later so um you know uh first of all i was ready at 60 to start a full-blown career in the media, believe it or not. Although people in their 30s were doing that. And in no way was I thinking of having a child. So I'm not going to say it happened naturally. I don't want to blow your mind here. But <laughs> my, see, that's why visually is good. I can see your response. You're not falling over yet. Okay. Yeah, well, if anybody oh. <laughs> wants to see this after the fact, after the radio show, we we will be posting the, the can- scenes video on our YouTube channel, and you can definitely they can go watch check your that reactions, out. <laughs> your real reactions. But uh, so, what was I saying? So, nobody asks this question, and nobody thinks of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's older than me. My husband, he's the one that wanted the children. And I said, "No way, no way." I had frozen my eggs, so I was able to do it. 
And no way, because I am ready. I have, I had three other children. I was ready to do something for myself finally. Uh, got my degrees, did everything. I, this is my time that I, I was going to have fun with it. Uh, please, we'll tell people you're 10 years younger. Uh, you'll have everything <laughs> you want that you didn't have before. You'll have a life like you didn't have before. You'll have a nanny. You'll have this. You'll, I said, really? Hmm, wait a minute. So <laughs> I said, uh, oh, I could tell people I'm younger. That part I do like. So, uh, and then I went ahead and did it and I was going to keep it quiet. And then the head doctor from the hospital said to me, tell everybody because it'll help women to feel inspired to do other things in their lives that their lives are maybe just beginning. So that's the direction I went into with this. Uh, And uh, I think it's it's really inspiring because not only did you have children at such an older age considered, you know, by most people, but you're you're doing so many other things. And I think that's what's inspiring is that you didn't let age define anything about you. If you oh. wanted to do something, you just did it. You didn't say, hmm, I'm getting too old for this. I hear that a lot. And I, I even have clients that will say, well, I, I'm too old to to do these things. No, you're not. You know, you, you can do whatever you want. And um, I have a client who is in her 50s and another one who's in her 70s and and sometimes I hear them say things like, you know, I, you know, I'm getting too old for this. No, no, you you can do whatever you want to do. You just have to set your mind to it and, and move forward. I was going to do these things anyway, uh, with the children or not. Right. I was moving forward in my career. I was, I got my PhD at the age of 46. Wow. I got into Columbia, uh, you know, uh, university uh, uh, for my master's in psychology at the age of 35. So I always did things a little different, a little bit later, a little bit unacceptable in a way too, because I had children. What about the kids? And so I did both. And then um, it was a factor that I felt I needed to do things. So with or without the kids, I would have been, I always wanted to uh, have a play about I had a book about uh, my father's uh, activity, activities, experiences during the Holocaust. And um, so I'm doing that. So it seems that uh, the messages that you have, what you want to put out there, you can put out there. And I've been doing it uh, all along. And when I got married, I decided I wanted to contain uh, my individuality and be who I was at the same time. And so first I had a chore. I put my husband through law school. He was a teacher when I met him. And so that kept me. And then at the end, I said, wait a minute, he's a lawyer. What am I? I still don't have a degree. I still have, I did all this for him. Wait a minute. Right. You know, it was like through him, I was going to be something because that's what I was taught. It's not who you are, but who you're going to marry. And that was the direction I was always pushed into. I found out that there was nothing there for me. Um, so I decided to put myself through school and have my children. Um, and uh, and then again, I had a boy and then I had a girl. And then, um, uh, see, as we speak, I'm getting texts from my kids, too. So women still have that. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, uh, 
you know, but I think thought I was going to pick him up. Come on. I'm not picking him <laughs> up. I told him, take the bus, take the bus. I'm not going to be there. I'm here. Okay. Well, I think that goes to show you what you have to juggle when you have Ugh. a family, you have to juggle kids. You have to juggle work. You have to juggle your, your relationship. And, and it's really interesting at, you know, you're doing everything that most women do, but you're doing it. You're, you're doing more of it. And I think that's, what's inspiring is that you're doing it regardless of what your age is. You're doing it regardless yeah, of I'm doing the whole deal. I mean, you know, he didn't take the bus. He's waiting over there. Now here's, what's really interesting about this. This is, you know, my husband is upstairs right now. He could pick them up <laughs> before you. I just had a patient, right? Mm-hmm. A phone session. And I'm running to to make sure that I get to you on time. So I was a couple of minutes late. Okay. Uh, because when I have a phone session, they never hang up. You know, they yeah. don't see anybody in the other room. And uh, they're offended. As, God forbid I have to go now. So uh, he's there. He's calm. He's collected. I said, you're going to pick up uh, my son here, our son. Uh, so he's still and, trying to decide that. And he's saying, I'm busy. He's saying to me. <laughs> Well, I, I think what's interesting is that you're doing all the things that every other mother does, and yet you're doing it on a higher level, which tells me that it's it's a, a lot of it has to do with just your drive, your ambition, and your desire yeah. to just do these things because you want to do them for you. Would you agree very, with that? Yeah, I, I have a very strong desire. And I mean, this morning I took the kids because it was like in the 20s this morning. And they're teenagers, so they refuse to wear jackets because it doesn't look as cool. Because whatever uh, yeah. that means, the jacket is <laughs> a little too bulky. Their brains are a little too bulky, but whatever. <laughs> so I took them this morning, and then uh, I came back, and I said, hey, you know, it's so nice and fresh and crisp. I think I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to be adventuresome. So it, it was wonderful to take a walk so early in the morning. There's something to that. But um, women, you know, I had I did a study on that, researched it. And women right now, you're right, um, have both roles. They're the homemakers uh, and they are the executives and they're the professionals. Uh, and they fall into both categories because women don't want to give up their feminine role either, which is being no. domesticated. They, they want that. I had children so I could be a mother and I could be a nurturer to them. So we don't want to give that part of ourselves up. So we have these double jobs where with my husband, he'll say, what's for dinner, you know, and I'll be falling over <laughs> and he won't even see that, that, you know, I aged 10 years since yesterday, but he'll <laughs> say, uh, you know, you, this is burnt or something like that. And I want yeah. to throw it at him. And so, I'll say, yeah, no, you, you know, make it. You're right. I see women, they don't want to give up that, that motherly role. They still yeah. want to be the primary caregiver for their children as much as possible while they have their career, yes. while they have that full life that they want. And, and I think it's incredible um, that they can do that. I And I think some women, I, I see them having, you know, some assistance, like maybe a housekeeper or somebody, um, and it's maybe more doable these days, because if you're the CEO of a company, or if you're very successful, you can order dinner, you don't have to make it. There's a difference, though. You can still, yes, but yeah. you can still fully take care of your children um, and your family and still have your career and do something for yourself as well. That's true. I mean, today, more than ever, women can do it. 
the way they didn't do it before. Women have more opportunities like men do Mm -hmm. because of the cooking and the cleaning. And and I was going to write a book, uh, How I Left My Husband But Kept the Housekeeper, because I always felt, (laughs) was that a great title? Because I always felt the men get the best part of the relationship, you know? They can't have the cook, the house cleaner, everything in one. So uh, I said, well, I wouldn't mind having a wife to take care of my stuff (laughs) like that. That's a good idea. So uh, that never happened. But, you know, we do have advancements now. Uh, You're right. That make things easier. Um, The microwave, if I wasn't home, a, a funny story I'll share with you. Once my oldest son was, I don't know how old he was but I was really in a state of frenzy and I was driving home and I said to him, do just take some water. He must've been maybe 12. So take, put it in the pot, put it on the stove. Okay. Take the chicken. I said, this is great. Put it in the water. Don't let the water run over and let it cook till I get home. I said, wow, I'm going to have a ready-made meal here. So I come home. So he took a little sliver of the chicken. He didn't understand. (laughs) And in a big (laughs) pot is boiled a little, like this big, a little sliver, because he didn't get it. So it's, you know, kids are still kids. (laughs) With all the appliances we have, they really don't have uh, the ability uh, to do any of this stuff. So you need some kind of supervision and, uh, I, well, yeah, their brains yeah. just aren't developed yet, and They're you don't developed. always under you don't always see how they perceive it. You don't always no like where 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 is your brain at? <laughs> where is your brain at? And is it is it fully functional or is it no. just partially functional? <laughs> Maybe partially at its most. That's about as good as it can get for sure. If you meet my boys, you'll see what I'm talking about. they're cute they're adorable they're good students they're sociable but still i mean he's the brains aren't developed yeah no he's he's, it's like an emergency state with this kid i thought we were going out to lunch what happened where are you is dad coming are you coming no i'm on a show oh well when will you be finished i mean duh if i'm on a show but this is (laughs) i can't blame them totally because our brains develop when we're 26 that's that's how long it takes us, really. Well, I've even 26. read studies that have said it's later, wow. you know, especially for boys. Especially today, it's getting later mm-hmm. and later. <laughs> so for some reason, I don't know why. Yeah, yeah boys no, also. I, I think it's it's really quite comical when I work with kids because I, I do, as an executive function kid, coach, I work with kids and adults. Oh, and, interesting. And so, you know, I, I'm always trying to figure out, like, where are you right now as as a teenager, as a, as a younger child, as an adult, where, where's your brain function right now so that I can do my job properly? <laughs> That's not easy. No, it's not. <laughs> because everybody's in a different place, no matter what age they are. Also. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I, I feel like I'm in a constant state of assessment. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's really quite fun. Actually, that could be but... a podcast in itself talking oh. about what it is that you do. Absolutely. I would have you yeah. on my podcast. Oh, I'd love to be on your podcast. Okay. That would be that would be a blast. You can't say no in front of everybody. Here I, I would never so. say no to you. Okay, thank you. That's sweet of you. Yeah, I would be interested. My follow through is hundred percent. If I say I'll thank be there, you. I'll be there. Because it's interesting. Because yeah. I would like to find out what it is that you do. Yeah, it's fascinating. But yeah, let's. Um, we're we're gonna break in about um, three four minutes here. What I would like to do is uh, give people information on 
where they can get a copy of your book, Life Begins at 60, A New new View of Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves, as well as What Price Power, an in-depth study of the professional women in a relationship. Where can somebody get a copy? Thank you for asking. You can get both on Amazon.com, and I believe A Life Begins at 60 uh, is still at Barnes & Noble. Wonderful. It was at one time. I'm not sure if it's still there. Yeah. And and so they could probably just um, either look up the title of the book or Dr. Frida Birnbaum, PhD. Yeah, they could do that. There you go. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And then also your podcast. uh, What was it's called the Dr. Frida show. um, And it's about pushing the limits. Uh, And the one that said I was pushing the limits literally was Barbara Walters. And I think she was pushing. She said that because the kids and my lifestyle, so I'm pushing the limits in all directions. But it's really about people. I asked the three main areas about their history, their success, their future plans. I've always been fascinated how people got where they've gotten, what motivated them, their backgrounds. Some come from a lot of tragedy uh, and dysfunction to get where they've gotten. But what I found is that that's what really helped them. And you use the word drive. That really helped them to get to that place. Oh, absolutely. I tell my clients all the time. I said, don't dismiss any of your experiences. Every experience you've ever had, they're Mm -hmm. they're cumulative. And that is your base for what you're going to be doing later. That helps you understand whatever you're going to be doing later. It, it, It gives you that you know, better understanding of your clients or that better understanding of yes. whomever you're going to be working with. So it's truly, um, don't discount anything that you experience. They're all yeah. learning experiences. Everything you've gone through, you can help someone else go through the similar patterns and you can identify with it. Absolutely. So you have more of a depth. You're not just some kind of uh, scientific, uh, you know, uh, educator here. Um, right. You can really yeah. relate to what they're you can really relate. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah. Now, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. We're going to take a, a, a quick break here in a couple minutes. Um, and then we'll come back and, and talk to Dr. Frida Birnbaum, the author of Life Begins at 60, A New View of Motherhood, Marriage and Reinventing Ourselves and What, um, what Price Power, an in-depth study of the professional woman in a relationship. Um, and if you're looking to get a hold of me, you can go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can um, subscribe to our magazine. Our next issue comes out January 10th. And um, if you're interested in being a guest on our show or uh, a writer for the magazine, you can email me directly at fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And We would really like for you to go to our website and subscribe to the magazine. We've got some wonderful articles coming up. And um, if you're looking to get in touch with me about coaching, we've got some wonderful Black Friday specials coming up and Cyber Monday specials uh, coming. And we have the new Mindprint Assessment um, as well. Uh, We've got some great offers there. So we would love to... um, speak to you more about those specials. So give us a call at 480-648-1122. And we'll be back talking to Dr. Frida Birnbaum after these messages.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Fazia Costi is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Fozzie works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fozzie, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fozzie Acosti or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at Executive Function Coach AZ.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, welcome back. Today we are talking to Dr. Frida Birnbaum. She is a research psychologist and psychotherapist in Saddle River, New Jersey. Um, and she is the author of Life Begins at 60, a new view of motherhood, marriage, and reinventing ourselves. And what price power, an in-depth study of the professional woman in a relationship. So welcome back, Dr. Birnbaum. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled to have you on the show today. I think your story is very inspiring and um, you know, I, I think it's very interesting. So let's talk a little bit about the benefits of redefining age. Um what is what are the, the biggest benefits of that? The biggest benefits of that is to, first of all, don't be afraid to tell your age. When I had my children older, I wanted to start a group with the women that were having children around the same age, and they refused to do it because they didn't want anyone to know their age. So how can we define age if we don't know the truth about what age is today, right. especially with women? And Well, uh, I think that society has always made it one of those things where, you know, you're more successful if you do things when you're younger. And, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think we have different goals at different ages. Different goals at different ages. I mean, I had to take care of my kids and uh, I had to take care of my education and I had to take care of my parents. And so you can do it all, but you can't do it all at one time. As long as you can't uh, forget that word. Compartmentalize. Okay. Yes. How, how come I can't say it? All right, forget that. I don't that. know. <laughs> so whatever it was, you thank you very much. Um, you know, then uh, you can get it all in 
It's a matter of what your priorities are, and it's a matter of what you can do. But you don't have to leave anybody behind. So age um, is something that's too bad that we even have to talk about. Because when you talk to the person, um, and then when you say this is where they're supposed to be, you're not giving that person a fair chance of being where they really are. You're saying this is where they should be as opposed to where they really are. And that's why after having these children, I realized that we still have this type of anxiety um, associated with age. You know, this is a study showed that 47.2% of the people are unhappiest at the age of, guess, 20? 47. Oh, (laughs) 47. Why is that? I Maybe because they go back and reflect on their lives and think they haven't accomplished what they thought they should. That's, have. A, that's a very good answer. That's a very good answer. And uh, at 47, you know, usually when we're in our 40s, we often hit our peak uh, in our mid 40s with the careers. And sometimes when we do that, we're sort of disillusioned. So you're right to a sense that with our mid to mid fifties, uh, we're hitting our, our strive with our careers. Uh, but, uh, we hit our strides with our happiness when we're older and, uh, people who are in their sixties are actually happier than people who are in their fifties. Although people in their fifties, when they hit the, the peak of their careers, I know, don't look at me like that. I know it's puzzling. <laughs> Whatever. It's a good thing I'm sure of myself because I'll say <laughs> maybe I'm wrong, but okay. Well, I was just <sighs> trying to think from my own perspective. Like, uh, yeah, I was thinking back, you know, 47, which was, you know, close to a decade ago for me, you know, was I, was I really not happy? And I, I wasn't as happy as I am now. Well, wait till you get 60. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Call yeah. me when you get to be 60. I will. And then you we'll have what? a show on that. <laughs> You know, I'm one of those people where I've never been afraid to tell my age. I've never been afraid yeah. to uh, do things at different ages because I think you just do things when you're ready to do them. You can't compare yourself to somebody else because you're not living their life. You're not having their experiences. No, you can't. You know, psychology teaches you to be developmentally in tune with where your patient is supposed to be. But I'm a psychoanalyst, which means that I deal with individual, I'm so happy to say, where that person wants to be, which means yeah. that it varies so much across the board, even having kids when they're ready, uh, having a relationship. I was just interviewed by somebody, and she's in her early 50s, has a boyfriend, has never been married, doesn't have children. And you know what? She's not ready to get married yet. She's, this is not her time yet, she says to me. So this is her perspective. That somebody else could be panicking panicking at 40 and saying, what happened? When it, I, I've know, seen people panic in their mid-20s. Like, why am I right. not married? Why, you know, what's wrong with me? Why am I not married right now? I, I, I cannot answer that question. <laughs> you know, my mother used to go around crying to the world. I was 22. Why I wasn't married yet. I got married soon after that to make her happy, to tell you the truth. I mean, I've been married all this time, but that was one of the, my motivating, you know, factors yeah. because she was so miserable. That's true. So, yes, it's all very relative to your own perspective of what you need to have accomplished 
at a certain time. But, uh, you know, I don't know if we have time, but somebody wrote this article. I'm going to read it quickly. How much time do we have? Five minutes? Uh, no, we have 20. Oh, okay. So yeah, we have plenty of time. In your 20s, you most you mostly practice uh um you mostly practice, so that doesn't count. I can't read my writing. Uh, <laughs> trying out social, romantic uh, friendships. Okay. 30s, I'm talking about today now. 30s is when you figure out who you're going to be. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. 40s, you don't pick up speed uh, till you're in your 40s, uh, figuring out what you want. Um, and you're starting to have your peak career changes. Your 50s is when you gain real momentum, okay? And 60s is when you make your most significant difference in the world. And 70s, it's waiting for you. And 70s is when you're reinventing yourself. And then the 80s, uh, you can't possibly be old. I need that cup of coffee. Uh, to- <laughs> oh, this is water. <laughs> I, oh, just water, okay. That's Sorry. So, that's so exciting. Um, you can't possibly be old till you you're well into your 80s. And that's iffy. That I like because um, it gives you a, a perspective of what's ahead. Because what's ahead seems to be, uh, oh my God, so ancient. And what, 20 years from now? Are you kidding me? This is the prime. Every decade of my life, I thought I was at my prime. Oh, I better get it in. Right. I'm at my prime now. And then wait but a minute, what, I'm at my prime again. What I like about your your perspective is that you're not looking ahead to retire. You're looking to see what's next. Where I think a lot of people, when they're not happy with life or when they're not happy with their career, their their focus is, I, I can't wait until I retire and then go have some fun. What I like about your perspective is you're just enjoying the ride, no matter where you're at. And you're we having fun to. with it. Yeah. First of all, retire sounds horrible. It sounds depressing. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I don't want to be on that bus with those people who feel like they're, they're elderly and fragile. Well, I you joke know? that I feel I, I live my retired life now. I'm doing exactly yeah. what I want to do. I help people with my work. I'm on the radio. I talk to really interesting people. I live a you know a couple miles from four different beaches. I go to the oh, beach wow. wherever I want. Where do you live? I live in Virginia, Hampton. Virginia. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I live the life I want to live right now. I work the hours I want to work, the days I want to work. I, I, I don't know what would be different in retirement, doing nothing. You know, it's so interesting you said that because my oldest son said to me, when I retire, I want to paint, you know, do artwork and live in a house where there's a lake in the back and sit out there and just do that. So I said to him, why can't you do that now? Why do you have to wait right. all these years? And it never dawned on him to do something he really enjoys now. Absolutely. And, you know, and so that's that's something that well, I always say, reinventing yourself instead of retiring, you can have a second career and do all these things we're talking about. But you brought up a very important point too. What about not only waiting to reinvent yourself, mm-hmm. but what about not waiting and reinventing yourself? Right having that thing now. And I do think that the pandemic sort of brought that in. People are Zooming more. They're not going to studios. They're not going to work. They're sort of half and half their jobs. People don't want to go back to work. They don't want to go back. Yeah, it's changed. Yeah, I think think (laughs) the way we looked at um, work before was just such a different view as it is now. 
um, I think we, we have a much, I think we're more respectful of our time now. You know, I think once people started working from home, they realized how much more they could do with their time, spend more time with family, spend more time with their own interests. And once, you know, companies started asking them to come back to work, they realized, I I don't want to give this up. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it because you see, you're giving your life to work. You're supposed to, what is it? Work to live, not live to work. Yeah. So you're giving it up. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. For me, I I've just never lived a life where I wanted to compromise anything, um, and and I I can give credit to my dad for that. He didn't live his life with a compromise either. He just did what he wanted to do, and things always worked out. What did and, he do? Um, he he was a negotiator. He he worked for the um, um, he worked for the Department of Defense. He worked for the Army. He was a oh. teacher. So he he did a lot of really interesting things. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, you know, it's just you got to you have to live your life as if, you know, today's your last day. What would you do on your last day? Every day I wake I'd up. I'd be and talking I think, to you. Yeah. 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 I if yeah. I don't look forward to something, I kind of think, OK, this is something that doesn't need to be my life anymore. If if it's not interesting, it's if it's not it's fun, true. if it's not benefiting me and my future goals, I don't let it into my life. You know, you're very smart because we realize after this pandemic how precious our time is, right? And that we can have these kind of choices. So mm-hmm. whatever it is that we do when we get up in the morning, uh, at the end of the day, I always say to me to myself, right? Did I do enough today? Did I get everything in? Right. And, you know, I've tried not doing and I became like, blah. So I have to, you know, I have to get up. I think even getting out of your sweats, you know, and putting on some clothes and that motivates you to start thinking Mm -hmm. a different way. But, you know, when we're talking about who we are and what we're doing and uh, where we're going, it's a different time now. And people don't want to get on the bus, go to work. That's how long does that take? A half an hour, an hour, pay for the clothing to get to work, to appear a certain way, pay for your lunches out. Mm -hmm. What if you're the boss? And then you have to go back again. And that time that you're taking commuting, look, you know, if I have four or five patients, five patients would take me a whole day if I were to get on that bus, get over there, walk over there, have lunch, talk to people, come back again, be eight o'clock at night. Right. So really, we're, this is a much better way. You could exercise in the middle of the day. You could. You just oh, absolutely. Wonderful. It's a much yeah. higher quality of life. I mean, yes, I don't use an, uh, an alarm clock. I get up in the morning when I wake up, I go to mm-hmm. the beach or I go work. Uh, to my backyard and I do some gardening. I, you know, and then when I'm ready, I eat whenever I feel like it. I make a meal. I cook all my meals um, because I enjoy cooking. And then when I'm ready, I go sit down and I work in my office for a couple, two, three hours, maybe see a couple, you know, clients, go do something else, come back, see, you know, a few more clients. And I just kind of schedule my day so that I'm not working, you know, six straight hours and that I have a little bit of balance. I talk to my neighbors. I may go to the grocery store, maybe go shopping in the middle of the day, you know, and I'm, 
that sounds like retirement to me. <laughs> I'm living oh. my life exactly the way I, I want to live it. So it's, maybe, you know, it's, it's, you're living your life. You have, you're living your life with a passion. That's a difference. Yeah. And I think if, if people just readjusted how they view things, um, they could be much happier. And, and I think that's how I see you doing things. And that's why your life is so inspiring is you just, you see what you want, you do it. You don't think, gee, am I too old for this? No, you, you see what you want to do. Age and, and you is do just, it. you know, you put age over there because mm-hmm. age is, has nothing to do with what you have to offer really. Exactly. And- but yet it is something most people think defines what they can and cannot do in life. You know, I mean, I have long hair still. I'm wearing right now, you can't see this, but I'm wearing stretch pants over here. You can <laughs> see it. My sneakers under this jacket, whatever. But um, I think it's important to just do what you want to do in life. Uh, it's First of all, it's important to know what it is you want to do. Because yeah. a lot of people spend a lifetime after having been told no, and then they go back to what when they, before they were told no, to finally do it. So that's also uh, important for parents to sort of let their kids uh, go ahead and take control over where mm-hmm. they want to go. That's that's uh, very important. Um, but do I do I see, what? I, yeah. yeah, I was going to say I see a lot of people that don't have a definite, like a defined line between taking care of their kids and taking care of themselves. It's very blurred and. I see you have a very defined line there. It's like you take care of your kids, but you also take care of you. You also take care of your husband. You also take care of your patients. And you have, like you said before, a compartmentalized life, but you are able to do it all because of that. You know, if you don't have self-respect, you don't get respected. Um, Women who give everything, I step down a lot and people think they don't know any better. And then these women are emotionally pained. Women yeah. who take care of themselves, you'd say, ah, oh, they're selfish and self-centered. They shouldn't, they don't deserve that recognition. The sad thing is that they do get that recognition. So you have to be able to know your value and to know that as a role model, you're going to give more than as somebody who's just giving. Uh, because right. I used to say to my mother, I mean, go have a life. Have a life so I can have a life. Get away from me because I was her whole life. Just keep away. Well, uh, I think it goes back to modeling behavior. You know, yeah. if you want your children to behave a certain way, you have to you have to model that behavior. Yeah, but she was uncomfortable right. with that behavior. She didn't know what that meant. So I had to fight her. And then, you know, you marry your parents. I married somebody. <laughs> He's up there. He's over, I'm going over there. Who also, you know, was, was very familiar to me. Why? He was controlling like my mother. So I said, ah, I belong with him. So we do that. We marry our dysfunction from the past. But he's changed. I've worked on him and he has a lot of wonderful qualities. And, but a lot of that of who you become uh, is because you get insight to realize that uh you can make a bigger difference for yourself than you can make for anybody else. Absolutely. Try putting that energy into someone else and see how little effect you'll have in comparison. So that's really uh, something that, uh, you know, I, I value a lot. I mean, if you, I don't know if you can see my office, but 
the desk is different. The chairs are different. I like to be different. So everything is sort of different here. And um, it's not about being judged. Who cares about being judged? Actually, the more I did for myself, the less friends I had. But that was really a reward for me because I knew that I had to do more even. And well, have they less weren't. Friends. <laughs> yeah, they weren't really your friends. If they no, left. they were uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes, so exactly. You know, that's something that you have to, that's part of it. I would just say to people, I'm keeping busy. You know, what yeah. are you doing? Keeping busy. How many patients do you have? I don't divulge that. That's private. It's, it's interesting as a woman, uh, as a man, my husband, no one asks him, asked him, what school did he go to? He's an attorney. How many clients does he have? Oh, I could do the same thing. But women, as a psychologist, oh, I could have done that. I should have done that. Where did you go? I could do that. That kind of feedback. It's a whole different mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, uh, we're more uh, educated. Uh, right. We have higher career status than ever. And our relationship, uh, our, our relationships are affected. And I wrote about that with Price Power right. uh, more than ever because of that. So things I- have changed. Go ahead. Yeah. Have women especially benefited from the shift of, you know, redefining age? Uh, they benefited. I have what's, where's my book? I don't know where my book is, but whatever. Um, you know, there's a book about how things have changed, but have they benefited from redefining age? We have no choice because we have to be looked at for who we are. When somebody knows my age, or if I tell them on the phone, they're constantly calling me about, Medicare, uh, <laughs> ear aids. Are you getting that yet? With for your ear, um, your ear. You know, my whatever. hearing's fine. <laughs> my hear. What else? Anything else? <laughs> you know, it's just I don't know what to say to them anymore. Well, actually, I, I have a funny story about hearing. I, I in my thirties, I thought I was losing my hearing, mm-hmm. and because every time I tip my head, I'd hear this swishing sound. So I went into the doctor's office and I said, you know, I, I'm I'm really struggling. I know I'm young for this, but I think I'm having uh, hearing problems. And she's like, do you mind if I take a look? She looks in my ear. She goes, do you hear a swishing sound when you tip your head? I'm like, yes. <laughs> she says, you need a decongestant. You'll be fine. So I took a decongestant. Within two days, I hear this wow. popping sound and all of a oh, sudden no. I can hear again. I'm like, oh, I don't have a hearing problem. I That's have an funny. allergy problem. That's funny that we get these diagnoses that seem so, we tell ourselves these things that are so out of whack with where we really are. But yeah, uh, we have the ability to always stay on a path and things like that, you know, come and go. Oh yeah. As long as you keep yourself back on track. A lot of people get sidetracked when something happens, it becomes who they are and they, you know, Go into that pattern, and that's when it becomes dangerous not to stay on that path. I I agree with you. We've got a couple minutes before we end the show, and I just want to make sure that everyone who would like to get in touch with you has your contact information. Um, uh, Just want to share your books again. If you'd like to get um, Dr. Frida Birnbaum's books, Life Begins at 60, A New View of Motherhood, Marriage, and Reinventing Ourselves, and what price power an in-depth study of the professional woman in a relationship. You can go to Barnes and Noble or Amazon and just um, look up Dr. Frida Birnbaum, B-I-R-N-B-A-U-M. And um, 
your podcast, if you don't mind sharing that again. Oh, thank you very much. It's the Dr. Frida show. It's called Pushing the Limits, Dr. Frida, D-O-C-T-O-R-F-R-I-E-D-A show. Wonderful. Um, and then is there any other way that they can contact you um, that you'd if like to share? they really want to contact me, my email is Dr. Frida, D-R-F-R-I-E-D-A at gmail.com. Perfect. If they want to talk to me about anything. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, and if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can go to, once again to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can subscribe to our magazine, Executive Function Magazine there. You can also contact me about being a guest on the show as well as a um, guest writer on our mag- in our magazine. And if you're interested in any of our Black Friday specials, coaching specials, our mind print assessments, Um, You can either go to our website and contact me directly through there, or you can email me at Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And if you're in the United States, you can call me at 480-648-1122. And I just want to quickly give a shout out to everyone who listens to us. Without you, this would not be possible. So thank you for everyone in China, the Netherlands, the US, anywhere you are in the world that you've listened to us. We appreciate you. And we will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.